Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So for the scripture tonight, we're going to start in the book of Genesis, chapter 21, starting with verse 14. I'm laughing because I'm hoping I can read the pulpits quite short. In our church, we have a very high pulpit and we had a a minister minister us a couple of weeks ago and over the top of his our pulpit, all you could see was his little head. And I, when I saw this pulpit, I'm like, I hope I don't squint and look down the whole time. So I think I'll be right. My Bible's quite small, but once I've read the passage, I'll be okay. Starting with verse 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bowshot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what ails thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave it to the lad to drink. And God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. So this evening I'm going to preach to you a message that I've given the title, Rise Up. It's hard not to be inspired by extraordinary achievements that we see at the Olympic Games. But one moment stands out in the history of the Olympics is when Mo Farah got up after he fell and he went on to win the gold in the 10,000 metre event. Mo Farah is a British long-distance runner and the most successful British track athlete in modern Olympic Games history. Farah was accidentally tripped by his friend and training partner, a man called Galen Rump, on the 10th lap. Mo got up quickly and carried on running, and he quickly returned to the lead pack. No time to feel sorry or blame someone else. His mind was focused on one thing and one thing only. He was out there to win the race no matter what, and that's exactly what he did. It takes determination to cross a finish line and sometimes we're going to stumble and we're going to fall but the important thing is to get up and keep on running. We will all fall down at times we're going to stumble, trip or we're going to give up. If we're going to succeed in life we're going to need to learn to rise up. If we're going to succeed as Christians in the race of our lives we are going to need to rise up. So in the passage that we read this morning, we see the story of a lady called Hagar. She had ended up cast down. In our reading, we find that on her journey of life, she had fallen down. She'd collapsed and she had quit. Hagar was actually Sarah's handmaid, which is just a female servant. She, Hagar, was given to Abraham to bear an heir to fulfill the promise of God. God had promised Abraham and Sarah a child, 
but they waited and they waited for God to come good on his promise. In fact, at this point, they waited 10 years, but there was no heir, there was no child, there was no descendant, there was no fulfillment of the promise. There was just a promise hanging and time was just ticking on. So Sarah came up with a plan to help God fulfill his promises in their lives, to help God's will to be done, but this is never a good idea. The child born of Hagar was not a child of promise. Scripture calls this a faithless child, a child born after the flesh. This was not the design of God. It was not the plan of God and it was not the will of God. They had made a choice. Will I trust in God or will I trust in my flesh? But they chose to trust in their flesh and they chose to trust, they chose to trust in their own ideas. But we make that same decision every day of our lives. We choose to walk in the flesh or we choose to receive and believe the promises of God. Every time we fear, every time we doubt, every time we question what is happening or we're tempted to say, why God? Whenever we don't pray about a situation and we don't seek God's will in our lives, we're choosing to walk in the flesh and not in the spirit we choose to doubt and we choose to rely on our own thoughts we forget that God is faithful that promised Sarah realized her mistake when Hagar conceived and then Hagar despised Sarah for her barrenness the inability to bear children in Bible times was not a medical condition for which there was multiple types of intervention it wasn't just a sadness or a life disappointment barrenness in Bible times was considered a reproach a disgrace, a divine judgment and a curse. Inability to bear children could cause a woman to feel that she had been forgotten by God. Sarah was barren, but Hagar was not. Fourteen years later, after this event where Hagar conceived Ishmael, which we'll talk about in a minute, but 14 years later, the child of promise was born. Sarah eventually had Isaac. God came through on his promises and God is not slack concerning his promises. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. God's timing will always supersede our reasoning. Sarah saw Hagar's son Ishmael mocking her son Isaac at the time of his weaning, which is somewhere probably between three and five years in Jewish history. So this was quite a long time. And she told Abraham to cast out Sarah, Hagar and her child. And that is where we took up our reading in our passage today. Hagar was cast out. She was wandering in the wilderness with her son. No direction, no purpose and no lasting provision. We find Hagar cast out and cast down, alone and without hope in a barren place in a wilderness desolate and alone and last night we heard about valleys and inviting Jesus into our valleys and praising our way out of a valley but Hagar finds herself in this account in Genesis in a valley but Hagar was no stranger to this situation to the place of discouragement and being cast down she had been there before life had been hard on her back 14 years plus the years of the weaning, Hagar had fled before the face of Sarah. When Hagar conceived, she then despised Sarah for her barrenness and Sarah in turn treated Hagar harshly. So Hagar 
fled from before her face into the wilderness. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Hagar. God found her and God called her by name. In fact, this was the first appearance of an angel in the Old Testament. It was to a woman, to an Egyptian woman, to somebody despised outside of the will of God. Her only claim was that she had been used as a surrogate to bear the child of promise outside of the will of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to her, confirmed her pregnancy and named her child. God called her son Ishmael and this was the first time a male had been named before his birth. Subsequently in scripture other people were given their names before their birth but this was the first time God called Hagar's son Ishmael. The name Ishmael means God hears and the angel of the Lord called her son God hears. How beautiful is that? And God made promises to Hagar God made promises to her in her despair. God said, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Hagar, in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, Hagar called the name of the Lord that spoke to her, thou God that seest me. Hagar called the name of the Lord El Roy because she acknowledged, God, you see me. You see me when I am cast down. You see me in my distress. But God wants to be our El Roy here today. For whatever reason, we are cast down from whatever despair and affliction you find yourself in. God sees you and God hears you. God that sees all sees me. What a comfort that is to us this evening. Not only was God her El Roy, the God that sees me, God was her Ishmael, the God that hears me. God reassured this woman and God wants to reassure some of us in the house tonight that not for a minute were we forsaken. God sees you. God always sees you. God sees you and God hears you. In our reading today, we find Hagar again in a similar place. It was the same story, different day. She was again cast out and cast down. She was in distress and despair. She had received the reassurances of God and she'd received the promises of God so many years before. She knew back then when she was cast out the first time that God could see her and that God could hear her. But here she is again, cast out and cast down. But she had forgotten that God saw her once, still sees her now. Because yesterday's blessings and yesterday's reassurances, yesterday's word from God is never going to be enough for the challenges of today. We're going to need a fresh word. We're going to need a fresh anointing. And we're going to need a new revelation. What God gave us yesterday, last week, last month, or 10 years ago is never going to be enough to get us through the trials of today. We're going to need the mercies of God that are new every morning. We need to know daily that God that was faithful then will be faithful to me now because God is always faithful. So we find Hagar, she sat herself down. That word sat herself down means decided to remain, dwell, settle and abide. She planned to stay there in the place of despair, discouragement. She planned to stay there in that place of no hope. She planned to let the circumstances that she was in overwhelm her. Once she sat down, she didn't plan to get up again. She gave into the hopelessness of what she could see and how she felt. She was treated badly. 
She was despised. She was cast out. She was treated harshly. She was abandoned by the people who actually should have cared about her. Her circumstances were contrary. You might say that none of this was her fault. She had a cause and a right to be offended, insulted, defeated and discouraged. And maybe she did. The circumstances of her life had not treated her well. She was imposed on by others and then forsaken, abandoned and seemingly forgotten. Hagar, as I said before, was no stranger to this. She had been there before. But regardless of how she arrived at where she was, regardless if this was her fault or not, regardless if she had been treated badly or not, God's direction to her was still very clear. You need to rise up, Hagar. It doesn't matter how many times you've been down. You need to get up again. It doesn't matter if you've been down 10 times. You need to get up 11. It doesn't matter how many times you find yourself in a state of despair or discouragement. You need to rise up again. Don't sit there. Don't settle there and don't choose to remain there. Hagar, in her distress, forgot God. She forgot the promises of God, but God remembered her. Whether she looked to God or not, God regarded her and God was present to direct her again. Even though Hagar cast herself down in the physical, she still had one thing she was able to lift up. And she lifted up her voice and she cried. The scripture doesn't say that she cried necessarily unto God, but she cried out in such a way that it drew the attention of God. And God called out to her and he said, What ails thee, Hagar? He said, What's the matter? And then he said to her words of reassurance, Fear not. Hagar, don't be afraid. Yes, life has served you up some difficult circumstances. Yes, you're in a bad place right now. But fear not, God has heard the voice of the lad and God still sees you. God is still your El Roy, Hagar, because not for a minute were you forsaken. God is saying to her, I saw you then, but I still see you now. But God wants somebody in the house this evening to know that God saw you then and God still sees you now. God has not forgotten his promises to you just because your circumstances seem contrary. God's called a Hagar involved action. God said to her, arise Hagar, you need to rise up. Rise up and hold the lad in your hand. God's will and God's deliverance is going to require some kind of action and some kind of effort on our part. Rise up. Don't wallow. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Arise. Lift up your eyes. Rise up. Get up. Lift up and bear up. Hagar, she influenced Ishmael when she lay down. Scripture says she cast him down. Maybe he was weary. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he was overcome with exhaustion and fatigue. But scripture says Hagar cast him down. She impacted him. Hagar had cast the child under a shrub. That is a strong word that means to hurl or to fling, to cast away. Hagar was seriously involved in the cast down state 
of Ishmael. Then she sat herself down and God appeared and offered her reassurance and grace. God said, fear not, Hagar. God said, rise up, Hagar. And Hagar found the strength to arise based only on the word of God. God said, fear not. God has heard you. God has seen you. And she received the strength to rise up. All we need is the voice of God. All we need to know is that God sees us. That is all the reassurance that we really need is a word of encouragement from God. Yes, we do encourage each other. And if you have somebody who walks beside you and supports you and encourages you and sees you in your distress, then rejoice in that. But know this tonight, that you only need the Lord. God is enough. The word of God is enough and his voice is enough. The comfort of knowing God, our Roy, is all the strength that we need. Knowing that God sees us is enough. And like the old chorus says, if you know the Lord, you need nobody else. To see you through the darkest night. You can walk alone, but you only need the Lord to keep you on the road marked right. So she had to get up. So Hagar, she rises up and she lifts up the lad. When Hagar decided to get up, she said, Ishmael, you're going to get up too. She then helped him to rise. And this all happened before God even opened her eyes to see a well of water. Hagar found the strength to rise up before anything in her physical circumstances changed at all. Not only did she find the strength to rise up, she found the strength to help someone else rise up too. You influence other people when you sit down, but you influence other people when you rise up. God was enough. God can give someone here today the strength to rise up despite the difficulties, despite the weariness, despite the pain, despite how empty we feel, despite the circumstances of life that seem to crash all around us. God is speaking to us today. Rise up, sister. Rise up, brother. My strength is enough and my word is enough. We can't see far when we're sitting down or lying down. It limits our vision. Hagar, she had to get up before God even opened her eyes to the deliverance that was so close at hand. She rose up and then God opened her eyes to see the well of water. God could have shown her that well of water when she was lying down, but God didn't. God can show us our deliverance, the way forward, the plan, the next step, the solution while we're still defeated alone and abandoned. But often God doesn't. God, from our state of defeat, could show us the next step, our future, so we could go, okay, that's all right. I think I'm going to make it. I'll get up now. But God often doesn't. God will say to us, rise up. You've heard my voice. Exercise your faith. Do something to show that you have heard my voice. Strengthen anything that you have and just start to rise up. Just start to rise up on the voice of God alone. God will always be enough. God will always be there and help us. You're just going to need to make some kind of feeble effort. You don't have to start walking or leaping or running or jumping. Maybe that's going to come, but you just need to get up. You just need to start to elevate your thoughts, elevate your intentions, start to lift up your eyes unto the hills from whence cometh your help. 
start to rise, start to make some kind of small, fleeting, weak or broken steps. We might not hear the audible voice of God like Hagar did, but we hear the voice of God all of the time. Every time the doors of this church are open and someone stands in the pulpit and preaches or teaches the word, God is speaking. Every time you open your Bibles and read it, God is speaking. Every time you pray, God can speak to you. We have the voice of God. God is speaking. We need to learn to listen. We need to learn to hear. And we need to learn to obey. God is calling to us today. Rise up. Declare you have heard my voice speak to you. Start to take some steps. You might not see the provision of God. You might not see the solution to your problems. Your situation, your despair, your weakness, your hopelessness might seem overwhelming. But rise up. Anyway, rise up because the Lord God Almighty says, rise up. Rise up is the first step to deliverance. Rise up is the first step to walking in victory. Rise up is an action of our faith. Rise up is an act of obedience to God. Rising up is saying yes to the will of God, but he's saying no to the enemy. God will open your eyes to the blessings and the provisions of his calling. But first you're going to need to rise up. In the book of Daniel, in downtown Babylon, during the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, we find three Hebrew boys who actually refused to bow down. They were determined to rise up when everybody around them was bowing down. The king had made a decree that at a certain sound, everybody needed to bow down to this and worship this statue, this golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had made. So definite was this decree that a threat was also issued. If you do not bow down, then you'll be thrown into a fiery furnace. It was reported to the king that these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, had not bowed down. It was declared, they rise up, O king. When the world around them was bowing down, these boys did not. These boys were preaching a rise up sermon with their lives. The king, he was in a rage. He said, He had the boys brought before him and he declared that he was going to throw them into the fiery furnace. But these boys said, whether or not, whether or not God delivers us, whether God delivers us from the fiery furnace or not, be it known unto you, King, we will not bow down. They were preaching, we are going to rise up. We don't care what happens to us. We don't care if the circumstances are against us. We are going to rise up. And we need some kind, some of that kind of determination in the house of God this evening. Whether or not, oh enemy of my soul, whether or not God delivers me or not, whether or not things go my way, whether I get the blessing I desire from God or not. Be it known unto thee, enemy, I will not bow down. I will not cast myself down in despair. I will not give up and I will not give in. And in Daniel 3 verse 23, it says these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. These three Hebrew boys were bound and they were cast down. They had refused to bow down. But King Nebuchadnezzar, he bound them and he threw them down. He caused them to fall down. He caused them to bow the knee that they had refused to bow willingly. But God said, oh no, these boys, 
are going to rise up. King Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men loosed and walking around. They had no hurt and the form of the fourth was like the sun of God. God said to Nebuchadnezzar, you might cast them down, but I'm here to tell you today they are going to rise up. The king tried to chain what God wanted loose, but I'm here to tell someone today that the enemy of your soul might be trying to bind you up, cast you down and cause you to be defeated. But it's time to declare to that enemy, God wants me to rise up. Those boys were loose and they were walking around. They had risen up. God wants to lose some of us today. God wants to loose us from our fears. God wants to loose us from the strongholds that hold us back, that hold us down day after day, week after week, month after month. We've decided to lay down and dwell with those strongholds. But God is calling to us today, rise up and walk in victory. Strongholds are going to need to come off. If you are going to rise up, it's time to declare like they did in the book of Micah. Rejoice not against me, oh mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. It's time to declare to the enemy, I don't care if I fall. I don't care if I stumble and I don't care if I trip. Because be it known unto you, enemy, I will get up again. It doesn't matter how many times I fall down. I will get up again. These boys were thrown down by the world around them. Culture, religion of the day, politics, the laws of the land. They didn't quit. They didn't give up or give in. They simply stood. They had refused to bow down. They refused to give in. They didn't suffer for their own weakness. They suffered because they stood. But God... God made a difference. There were four men and they were loose and walking round. God said to them, rise up. They walked and they were loosed. They had no damage or no injury. If you are thrown down by life circumstances, God can remove the evidence, the reason, the cause, the effects. You can be up and walking around completely loosed. No strongholds, no bondage, no evidence of the fire, no smell of defeat, no smoke stains on your clothing, just victory. Hagar lay herself down, but God said, rise up. Whether you were cast down like Hagar due to life circumstances or discouragement or despair, or maybe you're cast down like Ishmael or the three Hebrew boys were cast down by others, or maybe like the Athlete Mo Farah, maybe you were tripped up by someone on your team. Offences will come. Intentional and unintentional injuries will always occur in the church. But regardless of how you end up cast down, you're going to need to get up again. God is saying the same thing to us. Regardless of what has happened to you, you need to rise up. There are many reasons that we struggle to rise up. Maybe like Hagar, we've given in to despair and we say, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. It's been too hard. We lose hope and we declare, I can't go on. My situation is hopeless. Maybe like Hagar, you've endured difficult situations for 10 years, 14 years or 40 years. 
Maybe you have physical health issues. Maybe you have mental health issues. Maybe there are childhood trauma. Maybe you've been abandoned, abused, mistreated, forgotten, walked all over or wounded. Maybe circumstances outside of your control. Issues about which you have had no choice. Maybe the world around us has these beats on us, the philosophies of the world, the opinions of others, the laws, the government, and the legislation of our time. All of these things impact us. The enemy of our soul is at work in our world. But the psalmist, he was no stranger to the struggle. He said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. He asked this question, why? Why are you struggling, oh my soul? Why is it so hard for you to rise up? We need to hope in God for he is the help of our lives. Regardless of how we end up cast down, there is only one solution to our cast down state and that is to rise up. We need to hope in God for he only is the help of our countenance. Scripture is full of people who God told to rise up. The Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus and he fell under the power and the conviction of God. When Paul cried out, Lord, what would you have me to do? The Lord answered him and said, arise and go into the city. The lame man that was at the gate of the temple, beautiful, who encountered Peter and John. And they said to him, you need to rise up and walk. The man with the withered hand who was healed by Jesus, Jesus said to him, rise up and stand forth. The man who was sick of the palsy was told by Jesus, arise, take up your bed and walk. The daughter of Jairus who had died, Jesus said to her, arise. The fearing disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus told them, arise and be not afraid. The angel who smote Peter on the side and broke him out of prison said to him, arise up quickly. There are plenty of more examples in scripture of people who were told to rise up. Whether we are spiritually dead, whether we're not yet saved, whether we're uncertain of our future, whether we're imprisoned, lame, bruised, withered or afraid, we need to rise up. Difficulties will come. I'm not making light this evening of your struggles or your heartaches. The most usable Christians are often the most bruised. They've had their share of trials, temptations and difficulties and had their faith tested time and time again. But they continue to rise up. So God is calling to someone here this evening. I have plans for your life. I have a calling on your life. There will be an anointing on your life. Yes, your past might be contrary. You might have endured much. You might have suffered. You might have walked away from my will. You might have lived for yourself and your own purposes and plans. Just keep rising up. We rise up from where we were to where we are going in God. We rise to walk in the will and the calling 
of God. We rise up to walk in the path of righteousness. We rise to walk in victory and we rise to walk in the calling of God. We rise to walk in deliverance. We rise up from the circumstances of our lives and we rise up past what we can see and we start to operate in faith. When we rise up, we start to make some exchanges. We exchange, I can't, for I can through you, Lord. We exchange, it's hopeless, for I have hope in you, God. We exchange out our mourning for dancing. We exchange defeat for victory. We exchange doubt for boldness. We exchange fear for faith. And we exchange what we can't do for what we can do in Christ. So you might be sitting there this evening saying, how am I going to rise up? How can I find this strength to rise up above my difficult circumstances? How am I going to rise up above the obstacles that come against me? How am I going to rise out of my discouragement, rise out of my sin? How am I going to rise out of a mindset that seems to have me in a stronghold? We get the ability and the strength to rise up through the power of God. And it is only through the power of God. It is when we walk in obedience to the gospel message. It's when we walk in obedience to the word of God and his plan of salvation. The ability to rise up is not, this is not self-help. This is not the power of your mind or some kind of positive thinking. The ability to rise up is only through the power of the name of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, he had learnt this. He had learnt this through his life and the things that he had suffered. And he shared some of this for us in the book of Romans. And in Romans 6 verse 4, we read this scripture that says, Wherefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus arose from the grave. Jesus was dead, but then he lived. Jesus had rise up power all over him. Jesus was in the ministry of rise up. Jesus rose up from the grave and he calls for us to rise up too. God calls for us to rise up and walk in newness of life. This newness of life speaks of renewal. It speaks of leaving behind the old and rising to walk in the new. And that is what God calls us to do. Leave behind our sin. Leave behind the weight of our sin because sin is always going to hold us down. Sin will always stop you having the power to rise up. In the waters of baptism, we leave behind the weight of our sin. We leave behind the burdens that hold us down so we can't rise up. Sin is always going to hold you down. Sin will keep you cast down and weighed down so you can't rise up. We come out of the waters of baptism and we rise to walk in newness of life. We rise to walk in the new life that God has given us. That is the first step in our rise up journey. If you have not been buried in baptism in the precious name of Jesus, then today is your day. You can be buried in baptism and you can wash away your sins in the only name that can save us. And as you rise out of the waters of baptism, you rise to walk in newness of life. That could be the start of your rise up journey. We rise up as we step out of the waters of baptism. We declare sin has no power to hold me down. We say I am no longer a slave to sin and I am no longer a slave to fear. 
Once we've been baptized in the name of Jesus, we can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in Romans 8 verse 11, it says, If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. If the same spirit that caused Jesus to rise up from the grave dwell in you, you're going to rise up too because God's spirit is a rise up spirit. The more of God's spirit you have, the more you are going to rise up. If you are struggling to rise up today, you need to get more of Jesus. And then you're going to rise up because the Holy Spirit is a rise up spirit. The Holy Spirit is an arising spirit. If God's spirit dwells in you, you are going to arise. We cannot rise up in our own strength, but the spirit of God will make us rise up. I don't know about you, but I want to rise up. I want to rise up today and work for the kingdom. But I want to rise up on the day that Jesus comes back in the clouds. I want to be so full of God's spirit that when God appears, my feet start to rise. And they just keep on rising until we meet the Lord in the air. That is the hope of the church. That is the kind of rise up power that we want. There is resurrection power in the name of Jesus. There is rise up power in the name of Jesus. And maybe you're thinking this evening, I'm not cast down. I'm not despairing. I haven't given up. I haven't fallen into sin. I'm not discouraged. I've already been baptized and I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I have rise up power all over me already. What do I need to rise up from? But I'm here to tell you tonight, every day, we need to rise up. We might be falling down emotionally and we're going to need to rise up. Maybe we're cast down in our passion for God and we need to rise up. Maybe we've fallen down in our awareness of the spiritual battle. Every day we need to rise up and determine today is the day I'm going to live for God. Today is the day I'm going to rise up and I'm going to make a difference in the kingdom. Every day we need to rise up. We need to rise up and see the plans that God has for us and the purposes for our lives. We need to rise up so our vision is clearer and we can see further. We need to rise from the philosophies of the world. These assail us every day and we don't even notice. We don't even notice how comfortable we become with the worldly philosophy and the worldly ideas. It just seems so normal to us. We need to rise out of our apathy and see the lost souls that we walk past every day in our jobs, in the supermarket, in our school, in our workplaces. We need to rise out of our discouragement and our despair and be filled with the joy of the Holy Ghost. We need to rise out of our self-importance and our pride and our arrogance. We need to rise out of our bed and hit our knees. We need to rise from complacency and start to work for the kingdom. We need to rise out of our need for acknowledgement, man's praise and man's approval and live for God anyway. We need to rise out of our self-centered focus and realize none of this is about me, but it is about God. What is the value of a soul? None of this is about me. It is about God. We need to rise from being emotional hearers and commit to walking in the knowledge of God. We need to rise out of thinking I'm someone and realize that he is everything. We need to rise out of doubt and fear and the I can't mentality. We need to rise out of the dullness of our minds to the spiritual 
battle. We need to rise up and give glory to the King of Kings. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. If you need to rise up for no other reason, then just rise up and give him glory. Rise up and shout praises to the King of Kings. We can never have, we can never have enough of God's spirit. I'd like to invite up the music team tonight. Any struggle, any discouragement, any cast down thoughts that we feel, the answer to rising up is just get more of God's spirit. More of you, God. More of your power. More of your strength. More of your joy. More of your peace in my storm. But God does not expect us to rise up alone. God was present to comfort and encourage Hagar every time she was cast down. God was present to loose those boys in the fiery furnace. And God will not forsake us either. God is our Elroy. God sees you. You don't walk on this journey alone. In the final scripture we're going to read tonight is found in Psalm 37 verse 23. And it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. God upholds you. God delights in you. Even though you might fall, even though today or maybe yesterday or maybe tomorrow you're going to be cast down. Maybe you're going to fall into discouragement, complacency, or you're going to have a need to rise up. God is speaking to this to us this evening. I see you. I see you. I will uphold you. Just rise up. I, God, will hold you in my hands. I invite you this evening to stand. Let's rise up all over the house of God this evening. Let's rise up in this building. If we're going to do anything for God, we first need to rise up. We're going to rise up in the house of God tonight. You can't step out for God if you're lying down, defeated, discouraged, or weary. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need more of you, God. We need more of your power. We're going to rise tonight out of our apathy. We're going to rise out of our complacency. Lord, send a fire down in our souls, a fire for the lost, a fire that never burns out. We're going to rise up tonight out of our defeated mindsets. We're going to say, I can, God, if you help me. I can, God. No more, God, am I going to doubt your calling. No more will I doubt my own abilities. No more will I say I am weak. I'm going to declare tonight when I am weak, then am I strong. We're going to declare I can't, God, but you can. We're going to rise out of our self-focus and we're going to commit to working for the kingdom. We're going to rise out of our lukewarmness and the fire of Pentecost is going to burn in our souls. I'm going to open the altars tonight. Anyone who needs the power of God to help them rise up, I invite you to come because God is your Elroy. God sees you. Not for a minute were you forsaken. No, 
up for a minute. Are you cast down, alone, and unseen? Anyone who's decided they want to follow Jesus, I invite you to come. Anybody who has never walked to this altar before, I invite you to come if you need the power of God in your life. If you want to have this rise up power all over you. If you are struggling physically or emotionally or you're discouraged, maybe you're tired, maybe you're weary in the battle, but you want to rise up, I invite you, come to this altar tonight. Rise up to walk in the newness of life. If you need the strength of God to rise up, I invite you to come. I invite you to come if you need God's strength, if you want to walk in victory again, if you've been cast down and you've been discouraged, I invite you to come. Anyone who needs more of God's spirit, I invite you to come. And that should be all of us. We should all be in the altar because we can never have enough of God's spirit. Anyone else who just wants to rise up and give God the glory, I invite you to come. We rise up tonight and we give you all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah.